isn't considered a particularly bloodless conflict. In fact, the advent of new weaponry and technology caused it to be one of the deadliest wars in world history. These new weapons included shotguns, light machine guns, barbed wire, and perhaps worst of all, poison gas. World War I also saw a new rise in negative mental effects from warfare, particularly shell shock and post-traumatic stress disorder. The war was also fought in grueling conditions, from frigid winters in northern Europe to unbearably hot summers in the Middle East. The trenches that troops stayed in were generally extremely unsanitary, and skin conditions like trench foot spread easily, as did deadly viruses like influenza. Speaking of influenza, the Spanish flu pandemic ravaged the world at the same time as the war, killing millions. World War I also saw mass killings of non-combatants, including Austro-Hungarian executions of Serbian civilians, as well as German unrestricted submarine warfare. And that doesn't even account for the genocides perpetrated during the war, particularly the Armenian genocide conducted by the Ottoman Empire. So yeah, not a fun time to be alive. The bloodshed caused by the war didn't even stop when it ended. The war paved the way for Hitler's rise to power in Germany and the ensuing Holocaust and World War II. The concurrent Russian Revolution led to the creation of the USSR, ultimately leading to the Cold War and by extension, the Korean War and Vietnam War. The Belgian acquisition of African territories led to King Leopold's genocide in the Congo, and the artificial tensions that Belgium created between the Hutu and Tutsi ultimately caused the Rwandan genocide. Even in the Middle East, the Sykes-Picot agreement to partition Ottoman territory can easily be traced as a cause of the Israel-Palestine conflict, Saddam Hussein and Bashar al-Assad's rises to power, the Gulf War, the Syrian Civil War, ISIS, and even 9-11. Perhaps the most disconcerting fact about World War I is that it happened for a really stupid reason. World War I was caused by a system of alliances, the Allied Powers and Central Powers, which created a chain reaction that dragged almost every world power into the war. Following the assassination of Austro-Hungarian Archduke Franz Ferdinand by Bosnian Serb nationalist Gavrilo Princip, Austria-Hungary declared war on Serbia. Since Russia was allied with Serbia, they began mobilizing for war. Germany, which was allied with Austria-Hungary, gave Russia an ultimatum to stop mobilizing. Russia didn't stop, so Germany declared war on Russia before convincing the Ottoman Empire to join the Central Powers just to spite Russia. Then, Germany invaded France, but they did so by invading the neutral Belgium first. This enraged the also-neutral United Kingdom, causing them to join the Allied Powers. Romania and Bulgaria would later join the Allied and Central Powers respectively, mostly just out of mutual hatred for each other. The United States, meanwhile, remained neutral for the first few years of the war, but I'll come back to them later. While World War I is well known for its violence, there were brief periods of hope and peace during the war and one of them happened for a very important reason. Exactly 106 years ago today, all fighting stopped, all hostilities faded, and all bloodshed ceased for one day. 
I'm going to tell you all about it right now on Historia Obscura. Welcome to Historia Obscura. This is the 26th episode of this podcast, meaning that I have now been making this podcast for a whole year. Special thank you to Patreon subscriber SodakZack. If you want to receive a shout-out in every episode, among other benefits, help support this podcast by going to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and becoming a patron. One more thing, make sure to stick around for a little to hear a message about the sponsor of this episode of Historia Obscura, Anchor. If you want to make your own podcast, you'll want to know everything about how to use Anchor. And I wish everybody a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hopefully 2021 will be less crazy than 2020 was. Different combatants in a war are generally not too fond of each other. Usually, people who fight against another power feel that the other side wronged them somehow. In the American Revolution, abuses of power by the British colonial government, such as excessive taxation and the Boston Massacre, had turned American popular opinion against the British. In the Pacific theater of World War II, the attack on Pearl Harbor, as well as frequent war crimes by the Japanese Imperial Army, created an unimaginable hatred of Japanese soldiers in the U.S. But in World War I, this wasn't really the case. For the first year or so of the war, there was no animosity between soldiers fighting for the Allied powers and those fighting for the Central powers. Prior to the war, British people in particular heavily admired Germans for their academic and engineering prowess. In addition, they really hated France. The two nations had a long history of conflict, and as recently as 1898, Britain and France almost fought a war over land claims along the Nile River. Had Germany not invaded Belgium, there's a good chance that Britain may have actually joined the Central Powers in World War I. When the war started, most people in the UK didn't see Germany as an enemy. They were just caught in the system of alliances that forced them to take a side in a seemingly unimportant conflict in the Balkans. Also, keep in mind that a lot of soldiers who fought in the war were in their teens. They didn't have any desire to kill a German soldier, and the Germans didn't have any desire to kill a British soldier. Because of this lack of animosity, a common sentiment emerged among many soldiers fighting in World War I, live and let live. However, this sentiment was not present in all factions. Austria-Hungary and Serbia already disliked each other heavily due to the Archduke's assassination. Russia and the Ottoman Empire had previously clashed over colonization of territories between them, and Bulgaria and Romania disliked each other for other reasons. But between Britain and Germany, brief ceasefires and truces were common, often so each side could pray or bury their dead. By December of 1914, Christmas was approaching, and many British and German soldiers fighting in France sought a brief period of peace to celebrate the holiday. 
Pope Benedict XV begged the British and German governments to have an official truce on Christmas. Back in Britain, 101 prominent suffragettes, led by Emily Hobhouse, penned an open Christmas letter, which they addressed, quote, to the women of Germany and Austria. In the letter, they asked German women to appeal to the German military and call for a truce. Anita Augsburg, a German feminist activist, responded to the letter in support of peace. Later on, British and German women would go on to form the International Congress of Women, which would be essential to ending World War I, as well as to helping women earn voting rights in the US and UK. But even with all of this support for a ceasefire, the British and German governments refused to call an official truce. In spite of the two governments' refusal to call a ceasefire, as Christmas came, individual units across France, Belgium, and the Netherlands began to call their own truces. While the process by which this happened varied by location, most truces began when German troops began to place candles along their trenches and sang Christmas carols. British troops often responded by singing their own carols. Both sides slowly gained mutual trust, making brief excursions across no man's land to exchange gifts such as alcohol and tobacco. Eventually, many German and British soldiers came out of the trenches without any weapons and met in no man's land. There, they shook hands, sang Christmas carols, and prayed. Many even played soccer together. As many as 100,000 British and German troops took part in the Christmas truce. In some sectors, it only lasted one day, but in others, the troops stopped fighting through New Year's Day. On December 26, 1914, 19-year-old British soldier Henry Williamson sent a letter to his mother. It said, and I quote, Dear Mother, I am writing from the trenches. It is 11 o'clock in the morning. Beside me is a coke fire. Opposite me, a dugout with a straw in it. The ground is sloppy in the actual trench, but frozen elsewhere. In my mouth is a pipe presented by the Princess Mary. In the pipe is tobacco. Of course, you say. But wait, in the pipe is German tobacco. Haha, ha, you say, from a prisoner or found in a captured trench? Oh dear, no, from a German soldier. Yes, a live German soldier from his own trench. Yesterday, the British and Germans met and shook hands in the ground between the trenches and exchanged souvenirs and shook hands. Yes, all day Christmas Day, and as I write, marvelous, isn't it? By the next Christmas, a lot had happened. The German Navy had expanded its submarine warfare operations, and in May of 1915, a German U-boat sunk the RMS Lusitania, killing over 1,000 British, American, and Canadian civilians. In addition, the German army had introduced poison gas into warfare, causing many casualties. Hostilities became too prominent to have another Christmas truce. In 1917, under the leadership of President Woodrow Wilson, who was previously governor of New Jersey, the U.S. entered World War I. 
This was a result of the sinking of the Lusitania, as well as the Zimmermann Telegram, in which Germany offered to help Mexico reconquer the southwestern U.S. if they joined the Central Powers. When the U.S. joined the war, they introduced their own weaponry, most notably shotguns, submachine guns, and barbed wire. The introduction of shotguns, which were called inhumane by the German military, who bear in mind literally use poison gas, ended all hope of a future Christmas truce. On November 11, 1918, the Central Powers surrendered, and World War I officially ended. The Christmas truce of 1914 has since been memorialized as a brief time of peace during one of the bloodiest wars in human history. On Christmas Day 2014, on the 100th anniversary of the truce, the Royal Welsh Regiment of the British Army and Battalion 371 of the German Army played a soccer match in Frelingen, France, the site of a prominent World War I battle. The Germans won the match 2-1. The New York Times has since called the Christmas truce, quote, one of the greatest surprises of a surprising war. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Historia Obscura. I wish each and every one of you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. If you want to suggest an episode of Historia Obscura, send me a voice message at anchor.fm slash historiaobscura slash message. Feel free to leave your name and location, and if I like your idea, I'll make an episode of it and give you credit. Additionally, if you want to support this podcast, go to patreon.com slash historiaobscura and become a patron. And of course, I can't go without once again thanking this episode's sponsor, Anchor. They are by far the easiest way to make a podcast, so if you want to make your own, go to anchor.fm. With that said, this is Jack from Historia Obscura, signing off, but not for long. <laughs>